If you find the real estate market stressful, confusing, and complicated, then you've come to the right place. Stay tuned as Randy and his expert guests dispel the myths and give you a dose of reality. It's Real Estate Revealed. And here's your host, Chicagoland's premier home appraiser, Randy Barcella. A very enthusiastic and exciting welcome to Real Estate Revealed, and I am Randy Barcella. It is always a joy for me to be with you every Sunday morning. I am happy that you tuned in. Okay, today's special show, Condo versus Townhouse. What's the difference? In studios, the premier real estate attorney, both in Illinois and Indiana, that's Vincent Arricchio. Also, how to have your offer compete and actually stand out from the other offers? Well, I know who's telling us this, our premier realtor from Chicago Properties. Yeah, that's Sandra Wright. Also, investment properties, know when to hold them or flip them. And in studio from Keller Williams Preferred Realty in Orland Park. Yeah, that's Mikey Mataria. And leverage, how much cash should I use and how much debt should I consider on my next transaction? Wow, that's a good one. In studio is the president of Commercial Lending X. Yeah, that's Brad Hedick. Yes, we do have a packed house again this morning with a lot of valuable information, so get a paper and pencil ready. Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday morning. Happy Sunday. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Sunday fun day. Absolutely. Vincent Arricchio, good morning, sir. You're you're the Hollywood guy. Vincent, uh, Vinny, I don't know. You had so many different names with your agent. Vinny Diesel, Vinny Hot Sauce, Vinny... Well, I was jealous of Vin Diesel, so I went with Vinny Octane for a while. Didn't get any. That's right, Vinny Octane. Didn't get any traction. And then, then, you know, for now, like the famous phrase, you know, Vinny Vidi Vici, you could call me that. Now, I haven't conquered anything, but but it starts with Vinny, so we could try that for a little while, see if anyone calls in. But how are you, Randy? This is not not just a really smart attorney. He's also one of the great entertainers on our show uh well you're kind i i don't know if i agree i play an attorney on radio i can agree with that there so, so condo versus townhouses i know a lot of people are like what's the big deal they're the same thing there, there's some similarities or a lot of similarities but some differences and the biggest it'll hit you in your pocket what the biggest difference is a survey oh. so a lot of people don't realize this but when you're in a condo whether it's a giant box in the sky or just a three-story walk-up in uh, these towns all over Chicagoland, when you're in a condo, you don't own any of the land under. You don't own the dirt. And in the law game, and when you get certain deeds, uh, we consider in real estate fee simple. Two words, F-E-E and then simple. Fee simple real estate is, guess what? You own the dirt. You own the land underneath. Now, why does this matter? People on the radio could be like, well, who cares? I don't even need the name Fee Simple. Actually, if you own a condo and you don't own Fee Simple, you don't have to spend an extra $500 when you sell to pay a surveyor. But when you own a townhouse... You own the land underneath. It's Fee Simple. And some have 10 feet in front. And some people have... 15 feet in the back, it's a fenced little yard area. And then there's some townhouses don't have a front or a back. You only owe what's under the structure. 
Absolutely. Which is zero lot line. And the fee simple townhouse, bam, hits See, you I in did your my pocket. homework before I came in to talk to the great one here, Vincent no, Riccio. No, and that, <laughs> now what's funny is we got we have lenders in the room, we have real estate agents in the room, we got business uh, real in real estate business people in the room, and they all know everything I'm telling you guys. So like if anyone's on the radio right now listening, I'm getting eye rolls in my mind at everyone here because they all know this. But uh, we're not here to talk to each other, right? Uh, we're here to share over the radio and for You're the here community. To educate me yeah. and our audience. So when you are buying a townhouse, I'm sure it's not going to be your deal breaker, but you can't be upset and you can't be caught off guard. You're going to need a survey and you pay for that. And it's not included in the deal. Uh, as a seller, you pay for that to transfer the property. And it's an added expense that when you own a condo, you don't. Now, this isn't a real story, but there's a little bit of progression. When I got married, before I got married, we rented. And the you know normal progression in Chicago was then you move into a condo. You try, scrape together money, buy a condo. Then if you want to stay in the city, perhaps, then you buy a townhouse. And then if you stay a little longer and you could afford it, then you move to a single family residence. So there's this like progression. But there's added costs uh, uh, in a difference. Now, after the survey issues, after owning dirt versus not owning dirt and have to get a uh, matter, guess what? One other thing's called party walls or shared walls. And frankly, this is going to be shocking because it's not a difference. Tell me. But it's not a difference, but it is a consequence. Goodness gracious, my friends, when you move into a condo or a townhouse, you have shared party walls. You share a wall with your neighbor, your fellow owner. And if their toilet floods, if their sink overflows. Or their hot water heater. Or their hot water heater blows. Sandra here, I love it. Uh, uh, and or their mold on the, on the ceiling or the wall creeps into your unit, you cannot sue each other. You cannot collect from each other. You are stuck. On condos or townhouses or both. Or uh, this is where they're similar. You're stuck. It's negative. Get out of here. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. So in 2000. I'm learning something today. So this is not a difference, but this is a similarity, but a a consequence of not owning your own house or not renting. If you're in a townhouse or a condo, you're one body, one organism. So just like my arm can't sue my eyeball. Uh, if I bump into something and hurt myself, there's no suing one's own body under the law. Guess what? When you're in a townhouse development or a condo development, there's no lawsuits against each other. Uh, what do you do when your neighbor's pipes burst and cost you five grand in damage where you got to bring in these giant robot R2D2 dehumidifiers and you got to move into a hotel for two weeks uh, with a, a one month old baby, which is what happened to my wife and I. All of this happened. We, we, we're mad at our neighbor. We wanted to sue our next door neighbor. It was 2007, eight. The law in Chicago in Illinois changed right around 05. You cannot sue each other. All you can do is make a homeowner's insurance claim. Mm-hmm. So this is not quite differences between condos and townhomes, but it, these, this is a similarity that it doesn't affect you when you're in a single family residence. You can sue your next door neighbor. Now, it may not be fun, but you can sue them. Uh, but when you're in a condo townhouse, all you can do is go to the homeowner's insurance claim. And also, if I can add something here, which I had learned over the years, the realtors are advertising this is a townhouse. It's two stories. Okay. But I go on Remime, which is in the MLS on Cook County Records, and I see the legal description. It's condo ownership. Just yeah. because it's two stories doesn't mean it's a townhouse. It's a townhome style condo. 
I love it. So that means <laughs> that in the example you just gave, that townhome style condo, those people don't own the land underneath. There's no fee Correct. simple. There's no ownership of dirt. Now, what's really interesting is there is an Illinois Condominium Property Act in Illinois. There's a law for condos. There is no, I repeat, no Illinois Townhome Association Act, uh, either to save time or to be lazy or because Springfield never got around to, uh, to it. Townhomes fall under the Illinois Condominium Property Act. So whenever you have any problems with townhomes, uh, if you ever got to look up the law, you actually have to look at the Condominium Property Act, which is really, really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, one more thing is similarities. Uh, you got the same assessments. You have, but they may cover different things. Exactly. Yeah. Then yeah. Sandra, she's so smart. Isn't she? Sandra uh, Wright. Wouldn't Chicago some of properties. those things relate to like grass, shrubs, fencing? Yes. Yeah. And sometimes roof and windows. Potentially. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So I love it. Uh, Sandra's actually adding a layer or correcting something I've said as follows. Uh, when you own a townhome, a difference from a condo is there's extra things that you are personally responsible for sometimes as a townhome owner. Correct. Can I tell you something I just did? I've, I've been doing this for 35 years. I was in Aurora last week, Saturday, just uh, and it's a two story house. And it's all two-story houses separated from each other on the block, on the other block, on the other block. I said, okay, a lot of times they call these townhomes, even though they're not attached. Yeah. This is actually a condo. It's a two-story house that's called a condo. I went on the plat map, and I saw five houses on one lot that was 200 lot wide by 40 deep, but they're calling a two-story detached house a condo. Yeah. Well, that's why. And I am going to plug two of the agents in here. And and you could always ask the lender the question, too. Um, Your agents are going to be your best resource on the front lines of asking, what kind of property is this? Can you look into this? Can you get back to me? Your lawyers are in the back end. Yes, you could ask your lawyer when you're ready to buy or sell. That would be a more pertinent question for a buyer. But actually work with your agents to find out what kind of land it is, because it isn't always obvious. Correct. And then the lending is a little different, too, between a fee simple and a condo, too. Yes, yes. There is one little cheat out there where you can check out the last four digits of the PIN number. If it does end with four zeros, then it's going to be a townhouse and it's going to be a townhouse. If it ends with four zeros. Yes, you're right. I'm like, yeah, you're right, Mikey. If it's four random digits, then yes. it's going to be a condo. And I want to 100% agree with you. Uh, that's most of the time uh, because... Sometimes they haven't subdivided the pin yet. So if it's brand new, you don't really know yet. But Mike's absolutely right. We're coming up to a quick break. I don't want to rush Vincent Riccio at all. Uh, and we're going to come back and get his information, his phone number, his website. I'm Randy Barcella, your shows, And what a great first segment here. The difference between condos and townhomes. Wow. Hey, have you been out to our website yet to check everybody else out? Yeah, you want to get there. Uh, realestatereveal.com, R-E-V-E-A-L-E-D.com. I've got videos, testimonies, biographies on the show. We'll be right back. You're listening to Real Estate Revealed with Randy Parcella. And it's always so good to be with you every Sunday morning. Good morning, America. Welcome back to the Real Estate Reveal Radio Show, and I am Randy Barcella. Um, we just got done with a great segment, and we didn't get his contact information. We wanted to know what's the difference between a condo and a townhome, and then we ended up having four or five different definitions of it, and that was exciting. But Vincent Riccio is the premier real estate attorney both 
Illinois and Indiana. And I know people are going to want to call you, Levin Center, Riccio. How can they get a hold of you? Sure. You can call us at uh, 312-263-0010. Check out our website, reallawchicago.com. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook, and most importantly, you see Randy's smiling face. I'm there, too, at realestatereveal.com. Absolutely. Thank you. And moving right along with more great information, how to have your offer compete and actually stand out. This is really important because for the past year, I know it's slowed down now, but for about a year, there's 5, 10, 15 offers on a property, and they're all the same. They're all the same. You're thinking, right? No. And you know why? I don't know why, but we're going to learn right now from Sandra Wright, the premier realtor from Chicago Properties. Good morning, Sandra. Good morning. Happy to be here and happy to help. Um, You know, the last two years, buyers are going, how do I compete? What do I do? Well, one is you need to do your due diligence and really understand and do your research and how to compete in this market. I will say I'm doing highest and best offers with my clients now, and it's knowing how to be strategic and knowing what is important and really having that conversation. Um, that's why an agent, it, you, working with an agent is huge in in this situation and really getting your ducks in a row when it comes to, one, what are the right things to set to the table? What are you comfortable with? Your lending is another key piece Get that pre-approval or, you know, if you are going to do cash, how do you be competitive with cash? Everyone always says, well, I got cash, but I'm not going to close. I don't want to close for 60 days. Well, cash doesn't always work as well. If it's not going to be the timing. Let me me throw this at you, Sandra, because you know better than me. It's listed for $299. I've got cash, so I might give you $290 because I I feel I can get. And then I'm coming in at. Not two ninety because I'm getting finance and I only have five percent down, so I'm going to come in at three twenty or three twenty five, close in two months. Right. Now I, I, I guess it's what's better. I guess there's no, but like you just said, cash is not only king because the cash buyer wanted two months, and the buyers wanted to kick, the right. sellers wanted cash out to move. Well, and, and by this their is, other place, <laughs> and this is the important factor of why you need an agent on your side to mediate for you. Because one, we are finding out what the strategy is. We're finding out what the seller wants. Oh, you know more than just the yeah, right. So you we, know both sides of the we, story. Well, we want to find out what is motivation to getting this deal. Okay, so all right. If it is going to be, you know, cash the final number, or is it also that the seller wants to move in two weeks, or does the seller want to move in three months? So how can we make that offer enticing? So, you know, really looking into some of those pros that are really going to set the stage. And I will say buyers are just like, I want to go into these properties. I want to like jump on this deal, but you really need to know What's going to be strategic? Like this this last Sunday, I had a highest and best single family homes are at an all time low when it comes to inventory. So you know what? You should talk to your agent, figure out what are good strategies, talk to your lender, ask them if they're going to do the due diligence when it comes to a highest and best. Are they going to call? Are they going to send an email confirming the, the financial status of your loan? Those are some key things. I mean, it might sound kind of a little like, why do I have to do this? Why do I, why do we need to set the stage? It's all about the presentation. It's all about how do we put a clean offer together that's going to work for the seller 
and we're going to get that highest and best. So what, to I'm, the what line. I'm learning from you is every situation is different. Yes. Cash might be king in one certain instance, but somebody may want to get out in two or three weeks. Exactly. Vincent Arricchio. Oh, well, I have a question, Sandra. So years ago, and, and shame on me if, if this offends anyone in the room, but years ago, you know, when clients would ask, well, they're only putting 5% down. They're only putting 10% down. What do you think of that, Vince the lawyer, right? Yes. Uh, and I used to answer a certain way, but I want to ask you, is it still the case or what is the nuance? I used to say, well, uh, if they're not putting as much down, you might, some people, uh, would hem right. and haw to say that might not be as strong as an and- offer. What do you think nowadays? You know, that is definitely a key component is your financing, how strong you are to the table. And even at 5%, you're a strong candidate. But I will say a seller is looking to see, is that person putting down a substantial amount on on the table as their down payment? Then they're going to be more secure. They're going to get that loan to the finish line. That's why I can't express how important it is to have a good lender in your pocket who's going to set the stage, even if it is 5%, you know, even if it is a VA loan, even if it's an FHA loan, that they they come to the table and they spread the news and say, you know what, this client is solid. They're going to get to the finish line. We've done our due diligence. And now there's some qualifiers, too, that lenders are doing where it is more of an approval where they actually have gone through some of the underwriting already oh. and they can close sooner than the 30 days that they can close I was just talking to another lender said that he can close in two weeks. So that is setting the stage to have a solid offer that you can close timely, almost works as good as cash. But I mean, really, bottom line is you really need to set the stage. Talk to your agent. Talk to your lender. Let's come up with a strategy and understand. I mean, I didn't even touch on all the points when it comes to contingencies contingencies is a a whole other subject that you could probably spend the next hour going through with all of us today. But, you know, again, we need to set the stage, make sure we have the good communication setting the tone. And though you as a buyer are super excited, we in the background are trying to do our due diligence to get you the, the offer to the table clean and structured so that seller is going to take your deal. I love what you're saying. And I know a lot of people are going to be interested in Talking to you, uh, how could they get a hold of you, Sandra you can, Wright? You know, you can reach me on my cell, 773-294-4444. Um, One more time on your phone number? 773-294-4444, or you can go to realestatereveal.com and get all our info on the site. Fantastic. Sandra Wright, Chicago Properties. Yeah, you want to call her to put the contract together because there's a lot of pros and cons on how you can actually do this. And... uh Boy, here's another great topic here moving right along with our, this show is amazing today. Investment properties, know when to hold them or when to flip them. And in (laughs) studio from Keller Williams, preferred realty in Orland Park, is Mikey Mataria. And he is the great brother of Lena Mataria. Yeah, I guess I got some big uh, shoes to fill today, even though I got my size 15s on. (laughs) So so I just want to go over... um, it all depends on what you're looking for. Are you looking for some active income or some passive income? When you're fixing and flipping, you're going to be looking at that active income where you're going to be seeing your money back at a quicker rate, where passive is going to more be becoming wealthy, where you're going to constantly see the money coming over time, and it could be held for a longer time. So when you're looking at flipping, you want to follow the 70% AVR rule where you're going to be buying at 
70% of the market value knowing that how much you're going to be putting back into the property and how much you're going to be walking away with. Where you're, when you're purchasing and buying to hold, you're going to be looking at how much you're going to have coming back monthly, but you're also going to be more responsible over a long time for taxes, insurance, depreciation, and all that. So you also want to know your exit strategy on your investment properties too. At the end. So a lot of people just think there's one rule that you use for investment properties. That's just it. But no, I love what you're saying. It's yeah, true. the joke is one, one of them you're going to get rich off, one you're going to get wealthy off of at the end of the day. With a uh, flip, you're going to get rich off of uh, investment. You're going to uh, buy and hold. You're going to be looking at getting wealthy over time. And it's not just collecting that rent check every month. And also asking the question, do you know what it takes to be a landlord? Exactly. And you also want to make sure you're getting into a property that you know you can maintain. I always say if you're going to buy a property for an investment, buy it somewhere where you would want to live, where you know it's going to be constantly an area that people are going to want to live in. May it be the school districts, location, convenience to the city, or even getting out to airports constantly. Mm -hmm. So... For example, if somebody's looking to constantly be in back and forth in the city, properties right next to the metro station are going to be good ideal. Point. And those are going to be good hold properties for building wealth over time, where if it's going to be somewhere that's on the up and up, it's going to be a nice flip. And you also just want to make sure the market's going to agree with you over time as well. You know what, Mikey, I don't want to rush you at all. You've got some more talking points on this topic, and I really love it because a lot of people are confused. When Do I buy it and flip it or do I buy and hold it on rental properties? And it just depends on the situation, like you and Sandra are saying. We're coming up to a quick break. I'm Randy Barcella, your show host. Thank you all so much for making us your Sunday habit. Without you, we are not here week after month after year. Realestaterevealed.com is the website. We'll be right back with Mikey from Keller Williams Preferred, Orland Park. Back to the show, sure to answer your questions about the real estate market. Real Estate Revealed with Randy Barcella. Ain't nobody leaving here. Good morning, America. Welcome back to the Real Estate Revealed radio show. Enjoy it every Sunday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. I'm Randy Barcella, your show host. And we're having a blast with you in the studio. I'm getting an education here. Uh, wow. What a what a packed house we have. We got Vincent Arricchio, the premier real estate attorney, the premier president of a commercial bank, Brad Hedick. We've got the expert herself from downtown Chicago, I remember it was downtown Julie Brown. What's not? No, it's downtown Sandra Wright. No, it doesn't matter. And Mikey Mataria, Lena Mataria's brother, talking about what should I do with investment properties? Hold it or flip it? But Vincent Ricky, our attorney, had a couple questions here. Yeah. So, uh, Mike, like for years, and and I know you're a young guy and you look good too, but uh, for years, you know, I've heard that. You know, the stock market returns uh, 7% year over year since 1910, you know, and uh, real estate as an asset class versus uh, the stock market versus um, uh, buying and selling collectibles versus crypto has a certain perception. So I'm just curious with this uh, knowledge you have regarding flipping or holding, what is your current understanding of how real estate stacks up against these other, uh, to overuse the phrase, asset classes? So... That's where the flipping and the holding come into play. So if you're flipping, you're going to be looking more at how the stock market's going to hold. You're going to be looking at a short-term wealthy Right, right. Whether, whether the parking money short-term. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're holding the property and the long-term aspect. That's going to be your bigger hedges where you're going to be looking at the Facebooks, the Teslas that are constantly growing, holding their uh, 
value over time and consistently growing and you know the money's going to still be there and then when it does split or it does grow enough that's when you flip your investment property too that you've been holding as a mm. rental I like it. I, I like think it. Brad Haddock, our president of the bank here, had a question. Well, president of Commercial Lending X, not a bank, but Commercial uh, Lending X. X. Uh, so, yeah, just a quick question. Um, I certainly have my opinion on this topic, but I see a lot of clients that start off investing in single family, and then they eventually go, "Hey, I don't want to manage ten units separately in different areas. I'd rather have a apartment building with ten units." And sometimes I think that works. Um, because it is a concentrated units, but sometimes I think that works against them too. Because you can sometimes get more value out of those single families. Do you have kind of an opinion what your thought is there? So it's all about the position you're in. Are you going to have a company that could constantly do the property manage- management for you, and how much they're going to be charging the overhead? When you're having a multi-unit building of six plus, you're looking at having losing out about ten percent of your income on having the property management company come in there. But when you have multiple units, and that's why I always say try to focus on the same area when you're buying these properties for a buy and hold aspect. If you're looking to fix and flip, it's all about the areas you're looking at and what's on the up and up. I call the fix and flips the cryptos of the uh, investment industry right now for real estate. And then when it comes to the multi-units, it's all about the depreciation, how much you're going to be looking at. You're also classified as a full business when you have a 10-unit building. So you're going to be at a higher tax bracket too. So it all varies what you look for in the long run too. Excellent. Well, and I would say too, you would if you're just starting to get into investment property, what are your suggestions? Uh, start off where you could afford. If you have the money to put down and hold on to the money over a long period of time, I always say buy and hold. Especially on your first one, look at a smaller condo that I was just going to say might be a little more distressed, yeah. and well, and see if you like it, yep. and see if you are seeing that you are making yep. money, and, and that have, you understand that what you need to do. Yeah, and I have clients who will buy a place, live there for two to three years, and then rent it out, and then move into their next property and keep doing that, and well, they're used to that. And and I like to call condo purchases as your first. Uh, uh, investment class as like the starter kit, okay? Mm-hmm. Because w- think about it. Unlike a walk-up or an apartment building or a three-flat with the condominium, somebody else is managing the collection of monthly assessments. That's the association. The the maintenance, the uh, the, the common areas. So y- your your spread, like your immediate bump, may not be as high. But I, and and correct me when I'm wrong, but I think the management of it is easier There's when you invest with the place. with the condo. Right. There's a system in place. You have an engineer on staff right. too. Yeah. So yeah. and always make sure that property is going to be rentable too, and it well, doesn't have the restrictions because yeah. some of these places good, do good require point. you to live there for a year or two mm. before renting it out. Hey, Mikey Mataria from Keller Williams Preferred Island Park. How, how could somebody get a hold of you? So for more information. Uh, you could always uh, check us out at theresultsmoveyou.com. You can follow us as Community Connections on on Facebook, or you could even follow me on Instagram at Mikey Mata. That's M-I-K-E-Y-M-A-T-A. And always give me a call, 708-580-6644. And I do cover Illinois and Indiana. Mikey Mataria, Keller Williams Preferred in Orland Park. Wow, great information today about, do you buy investment property and flip it, or do you hold it? That's great information. Hey, if you want more information about everybody on the show, the website, yeah, realestaterevealed.com, R-E-V-E-A-L-E-D.com, 
all the biographies, testimonies, phone numbers, emails for everybody's on there. Hey, and we come back, we're coming to a quick break, but we come back, the president of Commercial Lending X, yeah, Brad Hedick, has some valuable information to share with us about leverage. How much cash should I use and how much debt should I consider on my next transaction? Brad Hedick, he's the president of Commercial Lending X. I'm Randy Barcella, your show host. We'll be right back. Estate Revealed with Randy Parcella. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. It's not unusual to have fun with anyone. It's not unusual for us to have a blast with our audience every Sunday morning. Good morning, America. I'm Randy Parcella, your show host, and you are listening to the Real Estate Revealed radio show. Enjoy it every Sunday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. And as I said before the break, we've got the president of Commercial Lending X in studio, Brad Hedick. And this is a good topic, leverage. How much cash should I use and how much debt should I consider? Brad Hedick. Let me just first off by saying, man, this has been a cold week. Why am I here? <laughs> I'm not sure. Why well, if you saw my Facebook page, I have two posts within three weeks, and I'm getting down to the final two or three places. I'm going for some vitamin C, S-E-A. So oh. I'm out of here in February. Sorry. <laughs> I can't say that I blame you at all. Um so let me start off by saying I am obviously, in theory, biased on this conversation, right? Whether or not to use debt or equity, I want everybody to use debt. I'm a commercial lender. I make money off of people using debt. Um, but the truth is I'm always trying to advise my clients how to do the right thing Good debt. to meet Good their debt. investment needs. Yep, exactly. So want to give them protection and be sure they get the products that make, make the most sense for them long term. And much like you were talking earlier in the last segment, um, whether or not it makes sense to hold that property or whether it's something they're going to flip out of and they don't need a ton of equity in. Um, But if you're looking to buy any sort of investment property, whether commercial, retail, office, industrial, or residential, single family, four unit, larger multifamily, um, you got to first ask yourself, how much can you afford to put down, right? And keep in mind when you're thinking about how much you can afford to put down, it's not just the money you put down on the purchase, but every lender is going to want you to have six months or a certain amount of cash in reserve. Because unlike your home, where the lenders will pretty much do it with you having two nickels left in your account to rub (laughs) together, um, on commercial, they don't do that because if you have a roof that breaks or uh, a unit that has flooding or damage, you got to have money to be able to repair it. So, or to carry that unit if you have a vacancy. So, um, most lenders are going to require 25 to 30% down on commercial investment. For some asset classes like single family or one to four unit investment, we can get down away with as little as 20%. Um, so then the next question you need to ask about how much can I afford to put down and then what do the lenders require is, um, you know, what do I want to put down on this transaction? Because you can always put down more, Right. Almost all the time I have clients saying to me, well, how little can I get away with? But you can always put down more. So what are some of the benefits of putting more cash down? Well, first, um, you're going to pay less interest over time, right? You've reduced the principal amount of your loan. Secondly, you're like... If I lose my job or the economy goes bad, I got a lower payment. Right. Uh, Exactly. Another one is a lower monthly payment. Um, You're likely to secure a better interest rate with more money down. It's less risk for the lenders. Most lenders price based on risk. So um, having 
the old time Italians and Polish ancestors of mine, they never wanted to put a minimum down. They wanted to come in with 50% down that they saved their whole life. They don't believe in a lot of debt. Right. Well, and then you also have um, lower loan-to-value transactions are easier to get done. Lenders are more likely to get you a quick approval. And then the last thing is if you um, – let me step back. During the Great Recession, property values changed dramatically over time. If you have more money down, you have protection against that change in value. Oh, that's a good point there. So, Yeah, I like that. Now, what are some of the disadvantages of putting more money down? Uh, um, the well, main the main one is Brad makes less money. Yes, Brad makes less money. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. So, so just forget this whole next segment. I no, told no, you Vince is our entertainer. No, no, no. I'm just trying to stay Entertainment director. Uh, I told you this is a fun show. Yeah, yeah so um, <laughs> if, if you put more money down, uh, you have uh, less liquidity to invest in other assets. Um Sometimes that equity that you put into property can be hard to access in the future, right? If it's a long-term investment and hold, maybe the market's not right. It'll be hard to cash out of that property. Um, and if there is a change in property value, you truthfully have more funds exposed. If, if that property was originally worth 100000 and now it's worth 50000 and you put fifty down, your whole 50000 is wiped out. Hey, so back in 2006, risk. people were paying not 300000 for the place. They paid three eighty-five, sometimes four hundred. And then the market crashed eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. It went down to being worth two fifty. They owe th- almost four hundred. So, right. So, but don't, it's don't also, do those no money down programs anymore. But but it's all real sh- real estate and snapshot in time, right? Yeah, I guess so. Right. That value tanked. But if you look at where that value is today, it's probably back. back where it was. Yeah. Now, if you had a short term loan and you had only put ten twenty percent down, your lender is probably giving you the boot because you're underwater. But if you had 50% down and you didn't get the boot and you survived, you may have recovered your money. Are there uh, are there kickout clauses with the deal for zero uh, percent um, for uh, ze- for interest only for interest only? First of all, are there interest only commercial loans out there? There are a few, okay, for some slot, but not a lot. And if they are, and you have your scenario that you just shared, can the lender? For, you know, uh, what is it? Ask for the balloon payment or uh, accelerate the loan? So All the note due. I yeah. would only ever recommend doing an interest-only program if it was a 30-year guaranteed loan, either on an arm or a fixed rate. Um, well, I was bringing that up because that's what was big at the end. Uh, I was trying to feed off Randy's point. That's what was big at the end of 06, 07 were these interest-only products. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. So you're not amortizing any principal. So in a yeah. typical five-year fixed-rate scenario – you're going to amortize enough principal down that you're probably going to be in a position where you can have a 10% change in value and be at the same loan to value. Okay. That's Interesting. That, We're yeah. coming up to a quick break, and this is really good. I don't know why I'm so excited about today's show, but I'm learning a lot today. That's Brad Heddock. He's the president of Commercial Lending X, and I love it. We, we're still going to hear more from Brad Heddock, but we're coming up to a quick break. Hey, have you been out to the website, realestaterevealed.com? Even more than that, I have the videos of everybody in the studio this morning, right now, on Facebook. You want to see how handsome and beautiful everybody is? Real Estate Revealed on Facebook. Videos in studio. I'm Randy Barcelli, your show host, and we'll be right back. Now, back to Real Estate Revealed with your host, Randy Barcelli. Welcome back to the Real Estate Revealed radio show. Enjoy it every Sunday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Do we not play the best music of any radio show? What a show we've got here. And we're not done yet. We still have a couple more minutes of Brad Heddock. He's the president of Commercial Lending X. 
and he was sharing us some great information about leverage. How much cash should I use and how much debt should I consider on my next transaction? Brad. Well, great. And just to follow up, this uh, debt leverage question doesn't just come into play with purchases, but comes into play with cash out refinances as well. Um, Commercial loans do that too? Yeah, commercial. I love it. Um, If you've got an office building, you're at a low leverage point, um, you've got good cash flow, you may say, hey, I want to pull some cash out. Maybe you want to use that cash to buy another investment. Uh, Maybe you want to use that cash to improve the building or do something else. Maybe it's to buy a house. Don't tell your lender that. But um, (laughs) so uh, Or Bitcoin. Yeah, Yeah. Bitcoin, (laughs) Bitcoin, yes. So um, you got to ask yourself, if if you're going to maximize that cash out, you're likely going to see a higher rate. You're going to have a higher monthly payment. Does that fit with your investment goals? Is that something you want long-term? Or do you still want to minimize that cash out and pr- provide yourself that equity protection in your asset, lower monthly payment, easier to make, you don't have to worry about tenancy as much, uh, you can have some vacancy and still be able to support it. And I'm just going to throw a quick example. Um, we recently did a cash-out refinance for a client on a single-family investment property, not home, and uh we had a conventional bank option for him that was an interest rate at 4%, but we could only get him cash out from a conventional bank at about 60 to 65% of value. So he wanted more cash out. So we had a non-bank option where he could do a 30-year fix and we could get him up to 75% of value. He chose the 75% of value because he's looking at where the money is. Mm. Locked in at 5.5% and he knows he can turn that money around and make get a good return off of that difference and it's worth it for him to pay the higher amount. Wow. You know, he's going to buy other good properties story. and fix I love it. them. And a lot of those people end up going down from a 30 year to a 15 year mortgage too on them. So yeah. it cuts your time at least seven, eight years most of the time on those. Right. So he decided to maximize it. But, um, you know, if, if he was going to just hold, if he was more focused on future returns and, and wanted to maximize that and have future income, then it probably would have made more sense for him to take the lower rate and take less money out. Brad, how so, can somebody get a hold of you for some great advice? Uh, anytime, uh, hit me at brad at commerciallendingx, x is an x-ray.com, or my phone number, 630-988-4852, 630-988-4852, and you can text me at that number as well. Brad Heddick, wow, what a great show here today. And don't forget, if you missed any part of today's show, tomorrow, Monday afternoon, just go to the website. You can listen to past shows. I have two years of past shows on the website right now. And uh, I want to thank so much our great producer here at AM560, Joshua Buckhalter. Also, Lena Mataria was on Agent Magazine with her brother. you got to go to their website. It's incredible. They did a whole page story about Lena Mataria and how great she is and all of her production and with her brother Mikey here, and it's just amazing. Yeah, Lena Mataria, click on her website. At, and congratulations, Lena. You deserve it, too. You're doing such a wonderful job. Um, also, uh, hey, Paula Avenham, realtor from Caldwell Banker. Thank you, Pat Canone, mortgage loan consultant from the Loan Depot. Um, and you know what? I always like to finish the show with inspirational quotes, as you know I do on Facebook. Here's a few for you. You could be standing next to someone who is trying their best not to fall apart. So whatever you do, please do it with kindness in your heart. Yeah, never judge people. And you know what? 2022 right now, say goodbye to what? Say goodbye to drama, toxic people, and self-criticism. Say yes to more happiness, time with good friends and loved ones. And you know what? Your mind will always believe everything that you tell it, right? So feed it truth. 
defeated, hope, feel, love. I am so excited that you guys were with us today for the show, and I be well, make it a great week. I can't wait to see you here next Sunday morning on AM 560, The Answer. And I always like to end the show with be good to yourself, be good to others, and tell someone each day that you love them. See you next Sunday morning.